0: Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fans streaming at KLIZ.com. Also, find us at Podcast One, our eighth year of Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Hard to believe. Brought to you in part by our sponsors Ernie's on Gull, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake, open year round at 11 with deck and patio seating. Also, Whitefish Golf in Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints. One of the area's premier 18 hole championship courses and SCR Northern, the guys and gals who answer their phones 24-7, the ones with Old Man Winter, on the trucks. Chris Foley with me. Chris, another week in the books. We're, we're going through August, which is just hard to believe, but uh, we can't stop, I guess, father time, correct?
1: No, we sure can't, as much as I'd like to at times. It, yeah, uh, at least
0: slow him down. <laughs>
1: keeps, exactly. It just keeps going. and uh, uh, Another fascinating week in the world of golf
0: yeah let's talk about uh, will zalatoris kind of a popular young guy who's uh well he's the one been knocking on the door probably that hasn't uh hasn't uh, kicked it in until this week
1: yeah you know he is he has played exceptionally well in all the majors and uh has had a, a fantastic year on the pj tour and finally his uh his breakthrough win and uh you know, you never know when the floodgates are going to open, but uh, he he certainly had a, a great week on a very difficult golf course, uh, P- TPC South one day. I mean, 15 under wins, uh, or you know, he and uh, uh, Steves struck Straka uh, tied at 15 under in regulation. But uh, you know, that PJ Tour, you, you know, you, that is a high score, so.
0: Yeah, it is, and that was it was tough. It was, and it was uh, it was great to see down the stretch a great battle and uh, uh, Zalatoris. Uh, he's kind of one of those guys, just a you know, he's a, he's just a good picture of golf. It feels like when you see him, you know, he's always seems to have the right answers, and always going to just continue to work and uh, continue to get better. And you know, he's never too down on himself. It's pretty. It's uh, he's just very likable, I guess, for lack of a better. Uh,
1: he is he is very likable and uh you know he's 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 got a great story i mean you know he's he's right in that with that young group of players that that is, that's had so much so much success over the past several years and you know you, you you kind of with his success you forget he's only been out on tour eighteen months or whatever it is
0: so, right yeah
1: um you know, interesting. You know, he he's had the same caddy his whole professional career. They part ways after, in the middle of the tournament, and uh, his uh, his swing coach, Josh Gregory, finished up uh, Friday, and then he had a, a a new a new caddy for Saturday and Sunday. That sounds like he's going to be his, his caddy for the remainder of the year anyway, and So, uh, so. <laughs> Right now, golf is not short of drama. That's for sure.
0: No man, there's so much drama. We were just talking a little bit before we went on. You and I refer to different, uh, several different uh, golf periodicals that we get, and uh, uh, it, you know, it's uh, uh, Justin Thomas is mad about this. Tiger's having a meeting with somebody. Patrick Reed suing somebody else. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's every week. It's 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 just strange. It's just strange for golf to see so much. You might have a dissension in golf story once every couple years, maybe where a couple players don't like each other. Kepka and Deschambeau a couple years ago and uh, that kind of thing. But very rarely this common. Of, uh, of course, LIV is making everybody a little more tense, I think.
1: For sure. And it's, uh, you know, you and I, have, yeah, we talk off air all the time, but, I mean, it's the one of the last places where, you know, you can pretty much count on civility, you know, in, in our, our lives. and Right. Uh, boy, there's certainly a lot of discontention among uh, players and fans and, you know, everybody else right now in the world of golf.
0: Yeah, it's strange. I noticed in uh, Golf Works uh, they had a an article, a uh, featured article about Ripstick this week, and it got me thinking. of The reason I mentioned eight years we've been Doing this is so many times you're, you're kind of on the cutting edge, Chris, of uh, knowing what's uh, coming down the pipe as far as developmental products. And, I mean, I think of uh, uh, Theragun and eyeline putting and, and several other uh, kind of breakthroughs in the game that you kind of knew about and we talked about on the show either just as they were breaking or just before they broke. And now Ripstick, uh, which, you know, we had on a year or two ago, and the uh, TheraGun yeah. came from uh, just being a golf product to everybody in the universe having one in about a year and a half.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you got inside you information, know, my friend.
1: Well, when you, when you're a golf nerd like I am, and <laughs> and you you consume so much uh, consume so much golf media and read everything that's out there, and you know, are so passionate about it, you're, you're going to tend to hear about things uh, probably earlier than, than most people would. So it's uh, fortunate to, to get to do what I do, like I tell you.
0: Yeah, and the Lakes area is fortunate this week. we got uh, some great fun coming up. There's a golf tournament. We're going to have Jack Worrell on with us next to see our MC Championship. Uh, fans and family, and uh, it's a wallet-friendly event, certainly, as we'll talk about with Jack. Uh, he's going to join us, and uh, then your old pal Mike Shannon uh, this week as well, Chris.
1: Yeah, we're going to uh, talk a little putting with Mike Shannon, who's probably, the, in my opinion, the top putting instructor in the, in the, in the country, and uh, he always has some great insight for us. I'm looking forward to
0: that. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan also at KLIZ.com and find us at Podcast One. Wherever you get get your podcast, just look for Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by our sponsors, Mills Automotive Group, celebrating uh, celebrating 100 years since 1922, and Cragen's Legacy Courses, home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Tom Lehman 18. And uh, Chris, our special guest, we've had on many times. I'll let you handle the intro.
1: Want to welcome back to the show, uh, Craig and Legacy Courses Director of Golf and CRMc Championship Tournament Director Jack Loro. Jack, thanks. How for, you doing? Uh, How you doing, guys? Doing great. It uh, it seems like last week we talked to you, but it's been like six or seven weeks since we last uh, talked and uh, the CRMC championship is finally upon us this, this next Yeah, week. It,
2: My, uh, my countdown clock here is at three days. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's uh, coming fast. Obviously, you know, as, as everyone will attest, the summer has gone by pretty darn quickly. So um, we're excited and uh, I think we're ready. And I, I hope the, uh, the whole area is ready to watch some great golf.
0: Lots of great things going on right from the start, I think. Uh, Jack, we'll just kind of let you kind of lead in on how the week begins, and uh, and uh, we'll just kind of take it from there.
2: Yeah, we have, a, you know, obviously a lot of great events. It's truly more than just a golf tournament. It's a community event, and uh, we want to get as many people involved as possible. Uh, the week kind of kicks off with our cruising for charity. We have Mr. Tom Lehman on the cruise boat called the North Star over at Craigens. It's going to go out for a dinner cruise. It's going to be fun. It's it's obviously an event to support our charity, the CRMC Charitable Fund. And uh, we're not full yet. I think we have about 10 spots left, so we'd love to get as many people as possible on the boat. Uh, And and those, just so you guys know and and everyone else, the crmcchampionship.com is the place to go for pretty much everything up to date we'll also have the leaderboard on there but we'll have tickets available on there but that's that's easily the best place to go uh, as the week goes on obviously we have some practice rounds on Monday we also have our qualifier at Deacons Lodge and uh, that'll get another eight players in the field so that's pretty exciting a lot of local people that we know uh, Minnesota PGA professionals will be in there and uh, we hopefully get some People qualifying that you know our uh, community will know and want to rally around and support. Yeah, that one's fun, Jack.
0: Yeah, talk talk about that just a second. That's really a, that really is kind of kind of a kind of a cool opportunity for people.
2: Yeah. So at these events, these PGA Tour events, there's a Monday qualifier. This particular one is 156 player field. From that field, the top eight will get an exempt or get a spot into the event. Um, so it's you know kind of a last minute effort to try to get in the event for a lot of these players uh i'll be honest they're going to have to play their golf ball to get in it's going to be six or seven under to even get a chance to get in those eight spots so uh, obviously that depends on the weather a little bit but if you're looking at the past qualifiers that the uh the pga tour canada has had this year it's six seven under par so but, you know, if you, if you you know, it's a one chance to do it one round, you know, it's a pretty good opportunity for some of these guys to get in a big event and hopefully we'll be able to pull some local people that we know, but also some some players that have a chance to win. So pretty fun to see what comes out of that.
1: I'm sorry, where, where have the entries primarily come from, come from that? Are they more Minnesota based or are they from all over the country?
2: Yeah, so ours is a little unique um, where uh, obviously up in Canada, it, it's it's it, you know each one is pretty similar. Ours being the first one in the United States, they didn't know how, what to expect. We're seeing a lot of Dakota p- Tour players coming over. We're seeing a lot of Minnesotans getting in this. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of amateurs get in it too. Um, so it's, it's, it's unique where I think it's a little bit more Minnesota-based, U.S.-based than anything. The members of the PGA Tour Canada that haven't qualified for the event yet have the opportunity to sign up all the way until friday prior so this friday so you'll see an influx here of about 30 members get in from you know most of them are actually from the u.s as well but they'll uh, they'll hop in there to try to get a chance to get into this event too so it's, it's a pretty good mix wow. but i would say majority for sure from minnesota
1: after monday give us a rundown of the kind of how the week's playing out
2: yeah, so, so Monday and Tuesday are, are heavy with practice rounds. Uh, they're playing in Winnipeg this week, so it's not too far, a six-hour drive for some uh, to come down and, and kind of get themselves prepared for the week. So Tuesday will be the big practice round day. Realize that we uh, we are, you know, allowing general admission to come and watch that as well. Uh, Wednesday is our Pro-Am day. It's our Northern Pacific Center Pro-Am. So that's a, uh, a big event uh, We're you know, we're – we're excited to have these 30 teams compete. They get to play with the pro and see how they kind of stack up. They get to play the tournament golf course, which is awesome. And then on uh, Thursday, obviously, the event kicks off. Our VIP tent opens up and uh, realize that anyone is uh, gets in for free because of positive reality. They've basically picked up the admission fee, and now everyone can kind of come and go as they please. So I, I think it's a great opportunity for someone to not have any expense can come out and just take their kids or take, you know, someone that's new to golf or a golfer for that matter and just get great access to these players and be able to watch them, you know, up close and personal and, uh, and not have to worry about paying to get in. So I, I think it'll be a great week and, and hopefully it will attract a lot of a new people to watching golf. So that kicks off Thursday. And uh, Thursday, Friday, we have 156-player field So there'll be a lot of action that day. That'll be from 7.30 to 7.30. There'll be people golfing on the golf course. So there'll be a lot of opportunity to watch play. Uh, After Friday, we have a a cut down to the top 60 players plus ties. So then they'll kind of go off number one and uh, be a little bit more, take a little bit longer to get more play around the golf course. But they'll go to about 6 o'clock. And then Saturday night is our, uh, our big night. It's our cloud stamping. Uh, Saturday night jam and we have a band playing right there on the 18th green. The VIP deck overlooks that. So it's a great viewing area. The sound should be terrific. And that'll, uh, that'll be Saturday right after the last putt drops, they'll kick off and start playing. So pretty exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great night. The weather looks pretty darn good. So that's, that's helpful too as well. So, and then uh, obviously things conclude on Sunday and we have our trophy presentation, uh, Right after the last putt drops, and uh, it'll be right there in the 18th green. I'm actually looking at the new trophy just came in right now, so it's uh, we were pretty, we went a little bit unique with the Paul Bunyan Axe trophy this year,
0: so pretty fun. Good idea, unique first year in the U.S. for uh, the Canadian tour, that's pretty cool too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think from what I'm hearing, the players and the PGA tour staff are excited to come to the US and Minnesota a lot of them are from here so it's an opportunity to kind of play at home for for a lot of people and get some friends and family watching and i i do think we'll see a little bit of an influx of uh people uh basically coming to spectate so that's great
0: you mentioned a couple of yeah, uh, sponsors Jack uh Positive Realty and and the Saturday Night Jam with Clow. but uh, how about uh you wanted to talk a little bit about sponsor exemptions because that's a that's a pretty neat deal.
2: Yeah, so you know we, it, you know, hosting the event, it gives us the ability to uh, put some players into the field. Basically, we have four four spots available to put some players into the field, plus two Canadian spots. So um, it was it was nice to be able to uh, pick some players that we thought would be you know a crowd favorite and have a chance to win. And so we, uh, we picked, you know, first and foremost, we picked Thomas Lehman, which is Tom Lehman's son. And that, you know, Chris knows Thomas very well. Um, but it, it, it was an opportunity, obviously, you know, we, we want Tom to be there as much as possible and, and to watch his son play would be a great opportunity for him. So we're excited to have him in the field. Um, Andrew Israelson, who everyone knows Izzy, a lot of people do. Uh, this is his son, and, and obviously a great player. I actually watched him play up in the first event at the PGA Tour Canada up there in Victoria. Um, so he's a very skilled player, and uh, they have a little story there too as well. Their 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 dads played together for a long time, and now the sons are playing. So that's kind of a cool yeah. backstory. Um, we also we also chose uh, Angus Flanagan, who's University of Minnesota. Very good player. Uh, he's right now trying to make his way onto the Corn Ferry Tour with Monday qualifiers. And he was able to do that twice already this year. So that's that's not an easy feat, truthfully. So he's super excited to have a guaranteed event in his schedule and be able to be in Minnesota and play. So uh, he has a very good chance of winning as well, and we're, we're happy to have him. Um we actually just had a qualifier called the CRMc Points that we ran through the Minnesota PGA, and uh, that was uh, about a week ago now. And uh, we put it to the true. I actually played in it. Somehow I qualified in there barely, um, but we went out and played the actual tournament course from the back tees and. I can tell you this is a beast out here. For me, it's a beast. For some, it's not. But it's a long golf course. And uh, Alex Gaugert was able to advance that day with a one under par. It's uh, a par 70, so it was not easy. And uh, Alex is a very skilled player, University of Minnesota, but he also is Eric Van Royen's full time caddy. So he's got a lot of experience. He knows what he's doing out there. He's actually playing in a lot of events, trying to get ready, and he's been playing really well. So he's a, he's a, I would consider him a friend for sure. He's just a, a good guy and, and definitely can compete. So excited to have him in the, in the field as well. So um, I'm just talking a lot here. We actually got two more that we got in there too, Anthony Broder and Bryce Barker. Uh, those are Canadian options that we had, and, and Anthony's a great player. His dad is uh, Martine Brodeur. Obviously, you know him from hockey. And um, yeah. one of our members, Sean Chambers, will be caddying for him. So um, a lot of Stanley Cups being passed around right there. I, I think Sean and Martine were very good friends. So I think that's the tie there, and that's cool. kind of a cool story, too. So, yeah, a lot Ooh, of, a lot of good options with our sponsor's exemptions
1: any chance eric van ruden's going to come and, and caddy for alex <laughs> uh,
2: well i i threw it out there the on the deck right away I, I i don't i did a little interview on facebook and i threw it out there for sure because why not right but uh, <laughs> eric is injured and i believe he's overseas uh, but i do i do think we'll get a little maybe a little uh, video or something to to wish alex good luck so uh, we'll we'll see if that comes out soon <laughs> well, that's great kind of fun to be on the fun for Alex to be on the other side of the bank. so <laughs> no kidding
1: that, those are some yes. great stories jack what a what a great way to use the sponsor's exemption
2: so yeah, it worked I'm, out pretty I'm, well and i hope the fans will be excited to watch him you know
0: great headline well, I'm, from I'm, uh, from uh, jeremy millsop in the paper quality golf for free and uh, you mentioned the vip there's still opportunities there for people to to get uh, vip passes every day is that right jack
2: Yeah, so so we have a VIP deck, basically it's called, and we serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then it's unlimited drinks as well, so there'll be a bar going the whole time, it's from 9 a.m. till 7 p.m., so right to the uh, last putt drops, and they'll change based on weather, but it's a $100 ticket, so you buy a $100 ticket for the day, you can be up there, go in and out as much as you want, uh, but you're going to eat and drink for free all day, or for $100 basically for the day, so... It's also a perfect position on the 18th green. Great spot to view, sit down, have a drink, whatever it is. Um, on Saturday night, obviously, you throw in the concert to that. You can get there early, buy a concert ticket for $25, which we're selling for Saturday night. And now for $125, dollars you got a great view for the concert. You've been there all day watching great golf. I just think it's a no-brainer for somebody for sure. Yeah,
1: that, that is a great value.
2: And those are available in our pro shop. Uh, for sale at any time right now and they're for sale uh on our website as well
1: that's great jack what uh for when people are spectating do you have any favorite spots on the golf course that you suggest for people to you know kind of hang out and, and or do you like yeah people watching or walking with groups what what's your uh what's your take there
2: Well, obviously, um, you know, we went to that first event and the one thing you noticed right away that it's, it's not the same as a PGA tour event where you have to be a long ways away from those players. You get to be really close. I mean, you're up close and personal on the tee boxes and the greens. And for me, you know, playing, I play as much as I can competitively. It's just fun to watch these guys think through shots. You can hear it. You can see it. You can hear them talking to their caddies. So you can get very close, which is a big difference between, I would say the PGA tour and the PGA tour Canada. Uh, some great spots that we have other than obviously 18 is a no brainer I think the whole one tee box will be very easy to watch those guys tee off and then our number 9 green which is right near the clubhouse is another it's an uphill kind of stadium seating so you can really look down upon the player and watch them. There's a spot on 10, 11, 12 which is the par 4 green, a par 3 and then a par 4 tee box and you can sit right there and watch all three of those at once and uh, you're very close to all three, actually. So it's a great spot. It's an awesome vantage point. And then we also have, I think, Northern Pacific Center is having a little uh, uh, little tent there as well to, to help gather some spectators and get the word out about, about their facility. So I think that'd be a really cool spot to walk to, not far from the clubhouse. And people can watch a lot of great golf in a short amount of time. So uh, I think that'd be one of my favorite spots for sure.
0: Great advice, yeah. Logistics, Jack, you'll have people there to kind of uh, guide the uh, uh, guide the people out there that maybe are just going to be normally might just wander down the middle of the golf course.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of volunteers helping us out, marshals and spotters. Uh, we still could use about 20 more, so there is that opportunity to get out here and be a marshal or a spotter or a walking score, which is a really fun job. Um, but, yeah, we have some great volunteers ready to go. They're going to be out kind of guiding people when they get a little offline. Um, you know, obviously there's not ropes on every hole, so you can get a little bit into the fairway and in an area where you don't want to be. But they're going to be there to, to correct that and, and help, you know, make sure everyone stays safe. So, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's just a great opportunity to, to see it up, up close and personal. And, you know, the truth of it is one of these guys could easily be on the PJ Tour very soon. And uh, and can be a star on that PGA tour as we can as we watch Fino and Corey Connors and a lot of other great players. So,
0: Jack, let's uh, segue a little bit into the uh, Lehman Course, which uh, we've all been uh, anticipating greatly over the course of the last couple of years. And uh, you've got some some uh, great news about the Lehman Course and uh, opening and uh, the condition it's in and everything else.
2: Yeah, so no rest for the weary here. In 15 days, we're going to open the layman course quick. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we have a whole new golf course opening up, 18 holes. I've got to give a lot of credit to our our maintenance staff. Uh, Matt McKinnon, our director of golf course maintenance, and Ken Anderson, our superintendent, they're doing wonders out here. This this golf course for the tournament is, is beautiful. Greens are running right around 11 on the stimp so everything is really good I'll be honest with you, the layman looks just as good they're doing the same conditions and same treatment to those uh, holes as they are for the tournament so we're ready to open obviously it's new grass so there's going to be some firmness to it but I really think the holes and the layout just look gorgeous uh, the grass has grown in really really well it you know it's been sitting there growing with no play on it for quite a while now and I think that's really helped it mature even more than it, you know, should. And I think it, uh, I think people really love the layout. I do. And it gets us back to 36 holes as well, which, which obviously helps with the amount of play that we have. Um, so we're super excited. We have, um, basically 27 holes of brand new golf open for play on September one. We still have our course one, uh, our red course that has to be renovated yet. And then we have our, our blue course sitting there, growing right now, and that's all complete and growing. So we're getting closer. And uh, September one's a milestone for us, for sure, to get that open. And and hopefully the public just loves it. And I think they will.
1: Well, I, I sure I sure think they will, Jack. And it, it's amazing the coordination that all this has is, is taken. It's uh, it's really it's really cool to you know kind of watch from afar and how many how many different moving pieces there are in such a uh, uh, you know with with dunnick construction and and the legacy staff and everybody else involved it's amazing
2: it's a gigantic uh it's a it's a moving target for sure and uh it's it's a huge project but but it really is a team effort and uh everyone really has been i i think honestly so easy to work with you know dunning and their moving parts Borden when he was here and his moving parts obviously our maintenance staff has the biggest uh, amount of effort there and then on our side you know i think we're on our seventh scorecard at this point um for this year <laughs> so think about that from everyone is sitting there at their 18 hole golf course running it <laughs> i hope they're loving it because we're uh, we're doing a whole different thing here so um it's exciting uh but but it, it's it's also nice to reach these milestones and get a little bit more consistent now and uh, I I think you know I, I give a lot of credit to our members and our and our play too. They've they've worked around this as well and they've been very gracious and I think they're excited. You know they're excited to see the finished product. So that's fun.
0: Jack, we sure appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, you're a very busy man. You're gonna hang up with us and either pick up the phone with somebody else or or, or get back to work. <laughs> I'm sure. So <laughs> and uh, we want to remind everybody again at crmcchampionship.com. Correct
2: yep crmcchampionship.com we're going to update it uh it'll be the most up-to-date thing that we have so please take a look at it and uh you can do everything from there and hopefully we'll see you here next week on uh, thursday through sunday
0: and you can still use a few people
2: yeah we would 20 more volunteers or so would be great obviously we have what we kind of need now but just that little bit of extra make us feel a little more comfortable so
0: sure chris you're not doing anything that day are you
2: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm available. I'm available. Okay. <laughs>
0: Jack, thanks, thanks a million for taking the time.
2: Thanks Thank you very much Jack. for having me.
0: Jack Loro, uh, director of everything at uh, Craigens right now as far as golf goes. You've been listening to or you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, Streaming at KLIZ.com and also find us wherever you look for your podcasts at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by our sponsors, Mills Automotive Group since 1922, celebrating 100 years. Also holiday stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. And Craigens Legacy Courses, home to the 2022 CRMC Classic and the new Lehman 18. We join Chris Foley now in a great interview with uh, Mike Shannon, one of the premier putting coaches in the country
1: want to welcome back to the show my, one of my great friends in, in life and in golf, uh, Mike Shannon. Mike is the uh, putting instructor at the TPC Sawgrass, and uh haven't had you on the show this year, Mike, and I, I'm so glad you could join us today. Welcome back. Well, thanks, Chris. It's good to be back. Mike, I wanted to get you on today, you know, kind of this time of year that we're, we're you know, in the midst of the golf season, kind of starting to wind down the golf season Other 60 days here in Minnesota, but uh, uh, been working with a lot of players on their putting games, and uh, you know, you and I talk so much, and you know, the, really the the three areas of putting, if you just broke it down, are 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 stroke mechanics, distance control, and green reading. And let's let's talk about those, and 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 tell me what, of those three, what what are, when you. Teach putting to the to the average player. What what are what are the priorities there?
3: Well, the first depends on the ability of the player and where they are in the game. But uh, uh, if you're looking at a higher handicap player or a player who's just getting into the game, you really want to get them fundamentally sound first. Uh, you may find with the uh, more established players that you're going to sp- you're going to spend less time on their mechanics and more time on the other things. But, uh, mechanically, I I think the, uh, most important things in being good mechanically is number one, being able to aim the putter correctly, which is uh, a result of the front to back ball position. And then two, um, a good setup position that's going to eliminate unnecessary motion in the putting stroke and then three using the big muscles of the body being the upper back the shoulders and the upper chest to control the putter and uh, you know once we take a player through those areas right there uh, they should be sound enough to continue on
1: You know, and it, it, if we look at, you know, the elite level, if you, if you watch the PGA Tour from week to week uh, or the LPGA Tour, you, you see a million different styles of putters, you know. I think you, you've told me you've documented 30 different styles of, of grip or how players hold the, the putter. Um, so you see all these variations. But what what are the commonalities you see among good putters, Mike?
3: Well, the commonalities of good putters, I I think the first thing is that uh, all good putters have a certain speed. That when they're putting at that speed, they're going to maximize the number of putts that they make on the golf course. Now, for instance, uh, a player like, excuse me, Tiger Woods, he's a very aggressive putter. And if he misses, his ball is going to go three, sometimes four feet past. Excuse me. Whereas somebody like uh, uh, Justin Thomas, he prefers to drop his ball right over the front edge of the cup. Now, they're both great putters, but in terms of speed, they're about as far apart as you can get. But the one thing that they have common is they hit it at that same speed all the time. And I find uh, one of the biggest problems I have with – players in learning how to make the pot is that they're just not consistent enough with the speed. And and I tell them, I say, look, think back and think about a good six-foot pot or a 10-foot pot or a 12-foot pot that you made under a little bit of pressure and ask yourself the question, if that ball had missed, how far past the cup would it have gone? Would it be 6 inches or 12 inches or 18 or 24 or 36? Because that's probably your best speed. And the more consistent a player gets with the speed, the better the brain sees the curve or the break of the putt. So I think when when a player is inconsistent with the speed, they also are very inconsistent with the read. And I have a lot of students that will show up and say, you know, I just, I really have trouble reading the break of the putt. And then when we get out to the putting green, it's actually the fact that they're just not consistent enough with the speed. Sure. So, yeah, so without a doubt, I think being able to control the speed and being consistent with that speed is so big to being a great putter.
1: W- what, as far as stroke mechanics go, what what things influence that speed, uh, and you know what makes a guy like Tiger such a great putter uh, with his distance control? Justin Thomas such a great player with his distance control. What um, how do how do they influence and control?
3: Well, I tell you what, that's a great question right there. And you know, I feel like the more excess motion we can eliminate in the putting stroke, the more consistent we get. So, you get a player who's using you know a combination of hands and arms to make their stroke they're going to be extremely inconsistent with their speed. Whereas if we can eliminate those small muscles and start to engage the bigger muscles being the upper back, the shoulders and the upper chest, then we've got uh, movement in the in the stroke that will allow us to be as consistent as we can get.
1: And what, is, is there a good way to practice that speed control, Mike?
3: That's that's another good question right there. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you something happened to me uh, last year. I had a gentleman come here. He came here for one week of lessons, every day, full swing, short game, swing and potting, Within two days, I had him aiming absolutely perfect. In his setup, he looked like he had just stepped off the tour. He was really using uh, the big muscles well, but he had no speed control, none. And uh, if he had a 15-foot putt, he might leave it eight feet short or he might hit it 10 feet past. And... I knew he was coming back this spring, so I spent all of last fall and winter trying to figure out what I could do for him to make him better with his speed control. Now, I've got videos of 150 to 180 tour players, and I went back into these videos, and I thought, you know, after 30 years of teaching potting, there's something that I've missed here. And so I pull up the first player, and um, I didn't know where to start. But what I did, I drew a line across the top of the shoulders. And as I went out, I did 85 players this way, and every player on the tour has a shoulder tilt at address between 8 and 12 degrees. Now, players who are left-hand low will have a more level shoulder position. They're all around eight degrees, whereas your players who have a claw where the right arm is a little farther down the shaft, they're going to have that 12 degree position. Then your conventional grips are all nine or 10. So, you know, just average them out. We'll say a, a tour player starts with 10 degrees of shoulder tilt. So then I went to the end of the stroke and did the same thing. And I was really amazed that regardless of the length of the putt, players on the tour finish with a shoulder tilt between 18 to 21 degrees. And this is the first time that I've ever seen that. And it was so consistent among these good putters. And so it dawned on me that the consistency of speed control is being able to go from a 10-degree start to a 20-degree finish. And that's what I do. I I get my players now to start at 10, finish at 20, start at 10, finish at 20. Just practice that. And if that's the case, then we're faced with a short pot. Let's say a 10-footer. We know that the putter doesn't have to go back quite as far. So, the left shoulder is going to drop very little, but we're still going to finish at twenty and So, let's just hang a number on that so let's just say that left shoulder drop is a three, and it really doesn't mean anything it's arbitrary it doesn't mean three inches or three degrees it just it's just three So now we have them st- have them take the left shoulder, drop it three, and then finish at twenty. A longer putt, let's say twenty feet. Now the shoulder has to drop a little bit more, so we're going to call that six. So now they're going to go six to twenty, and then we've got a thirty-footer out there. We'll say that's nine. So we're going to go, we drop the left shoulder nine, finish at twenty. So the, what I found out is that the consistency of speed control is determined by the start and finish position of the shoulders. Mm. speed and speed and distance is determined by the drop of the left shoulder which means that we control speed on the backswing not the forward swing sure and so i have so many players and they're standing over their putt and they're thinking all right well how far do i have to take this back or how hard am i going to hit it uh if they can just grab a number if they can just get a number then they've got a reference point. They know where to go, and uh, this is something I've, I've been asked to speak at the uh, uh, National Coaches uh, Summit uh, just before the PGA Show this January, and that's going to be the uh, that's going to be my talk. My presentation is going to be this because uh, I've never seen it in 30 years, and I think it could help everybody out there.
1: If they could understand this, yeah. Well, that's great stuff, Mike. What, Mike? How about um, practicing stroke mechanics? What What would be a good, you know, if somebody had, let's say, fifteen minutes just to work on on stroke mechanics? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What would What would you suggest is a good practice routine?
3: Well, first off, when you're practicing mechanics, I think there are so many good putting aids out there that would help a player develop their putting stroke. But I think what they have to do is practice ball position. I think they have to have the address position that is going to eliminate a lot of excess motion. And then being able to use these big muscles to control the putter and yeah, you know, if you've got five minutes to go out, that's what I would do. Just work on the very basics, uh, uh, aim, setup, and then big muscle motion. And I think that that would be a good good practice routine.
1: It, it's so important to be able to get into a consistent setup position, and so many great tools that, like you said, that you can use for that, you know, the putting mirror and just, you know. Correct, yes. Things that allow you to to get comfortable in the same setup position every, t- every time you hit a putt rather than guessing every time you walk up to the putt. And if you can do that, I think your your mechanics are going to be much better. Mm-hmm. Oh
3: so, yeah, no no doubt about that. Um, and you know, I think and the first thing is a player has to know what they're looking for, and that's where you and I come in because our job is to make them aware of what they need to do, and then their job is to do their homework.
1: And yeah, they they're, they're, you definitely have to put in the time, don't you, Mike? You you really do, yeah.
3: Yeah, no, uh, I haven't run into that that player yet. That's just so natural that they don't have to practice.
1: No, I, there's re- there's really nothing natural about uh, about putting or the you know the mechanics around the green. And you, it, to be a to be a great putter, you have to uh, you just have to put in the time. And we just don't see many people spending much time on the putting green. You know, I
3: get a kick out of uh, watching players they go down to the practice tee and they spend 45 minutes. You know, they hit a 100 balls. Then they run over to the putting green. They drop three balls. They make about six putts and then pick them up and go to the first tee.
1: That's right.
3: And then wonder why they're not
1: putting well. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I always I always jokingly ask people are, and we talk about it a lot on the show, are you uh, are you exercising or are you practicing and and most people exercise exercise range, they don't truly practice. That's exactly right.
3: <clears throat> There's a difference between the exercising
1: and the um uh, and getting better and improving. That's right. Well, Mike, I appreciate you so much coming on the show and, and sharing your knowledge and uh uh every time I, I get to talk to you or be around you, I, I I learn something. So I really appreciate it, Mike. Well, I look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much. That was uh that was Mike Shannon, uh one of the top putting instructors in the in the country who's located at TPC sawgrass in Jacksonville.
0: Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, thirteen eighty, K L I Z the fan. Stream us at kliz.com and find us on podcasts also at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by our sponsors, Emily Green's, the home of the largest green in the universe. It's all about fun at Emily Green's. Also, uh, Gravel Pit Golf, Brainerd's uh, newest golf experience. To, uh, Stop and see Chuck and the gang at Gravel Pit. And Dockside Rental, Brainerd's, uh, Brainerd Lake's go-to for surf, wakeboard, pontoon, and jet ski rental. Chris Foley with me. And uh, Chris, you're getting another week in the books. Thanks to uh, Jack Warrow for that rundown on the CRMC uh, championship coming. What an exciting week we're going to have as we uh, segue into next week. But uh, we'll get through the rest of this week. I was just saying off air, I was out at uh, uh, Danbury, Wisconsin last week and played a kind of a really beautiful little golf course. Not little, Voyager Village, uh, in great condition. Sadly, uh, it, it, it leads into my question. Chris from the from the uh, teaching teaching tee <laughs> for you <laughs> I'd played, uh, i played we mentioned last week I'd played in uh, in my when I was on vacation in Montana and in uh, western Washington and had some really nice rounds relaxed swinging pretty good 41 42 right in that range and uh, get out to Danbury with uh, relatives who haven't really seen me play and uh, uh, 55 on the front nine Chris kind of spoiled the drive over at least for a few minutes (laughs) right it was a great weekend but I got the shanks a couple different holes and uh I got to thinking I know you've given me kind of explanation about that before but I couldn't really think of it and uh typically is there is there a typical thing it was more just kind of a taking a lot of earth with me and uh hitting the ball about 20 yards and you know then asking for the distance again and then asking for the distance again and then asking for the (laughs) distance again and I was getting closer and going the right direction, but it sure was taking a long time.
1: <laughs> you know, the the, the the old saying that shanks are like bananas, they come in bunches. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when when we're shanking the golf ball, most of the time, occasionally you'll have what I call a toe shank, but most of the time they're off the heel. And when the when the ball, you know, when we hit the ball off the heel, it's going to go low right for a... For a right-handed player and not get up in the air generally, or if it does, it's you know barely off the ground. And so what is happening is we're we're moving closer to the golf ball on the downswing. And either our, our arms are moving away from us or our body is dropping. You know, one of my favorite sayings is that, that the body is always seeking balance and the club's always seeking space. So if we're, if we're out of balance, we're going to seek that. If we're seeking balance, we're, we're going to have to, you know, change the position of our body. If we don't have enough space for the golf club to swing through, we're going to change the position of our body as well. And so generally, in, like for you, it if you get the shanks, it's because in the forward swing, you're not maintaining your posture, you're dropping your arms are working away from you and you, you end up hitting it off the hosel. So yeah. um, if if you can always see, if you can go back to just making sure you're in good, good balance at address, maintaining that balance in your back swing, and then in the, in the forward swing, just making sure your arms and the club don't work away from you too much, then it's much easier to find the center of the club face.
0: Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. They do come in bunches. You're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there was too many too many sevens on that card on the front yeah no fun <laughs> a whole bunch of them <laughs> yeah Chris I wanted to ask you about your uh, beautiful daughter Katie she's uh, headed off for college a new a new uh, chapter in life and uh, uh, she's had a fun summer and had some uh, high quality golf that she played at a couple different events
1: yeah she's uh, I guess her, this her last week uh with her at home so it's uh, a big life changing event for the parents and uh as well as her so it'll uh uh it, it's we're we're very excited for her but at the same time it's going to be uh becoming an empty nester's is uh is going to be uh quite an adjustment for uh for her mother and I but, <laughs> of uh, course yes yeah, so if, you know she she's uh She's played some nice golf over the past couple weeks. She played, uh, she didn't play up to her expectations, but uh, compete for the first time, really, for most of the summer. She took a little bit of time away from tournament golf after the state tournament and just competed in a few events, and then the last couple weeks has played, played, she played in the Women's State Amateur, which was down at Rochester Country Club, and uh, had the opportunity to to meet all her new college teammates that she hadn't met, and the four incoming freshmen, and She had an okay showing there, and then uh, a couple days later, played in the state four ball uh, with her roommate and future teammate uh, Emma Benson. And her and and Emma um, end up finishing third in the two ball. So it's a it's a best ball event. You you play your own ball and count the low low ball each hole. And um, got they got beat by uh, a couple of, of older college girls won the event and uh after the first round they were they were uh six back uh and several ahead of the third place team and then the, the third place team ended up shooting uh 64 the final round katie and Am- shot uh 70 and got beat by a stroke so i ended up finishing third and that, that was really a nice nice finish for her and then uh, played in the uh women's state open uh, this past week and had a uh, had one good round and one one uh, little harder round for, her, but uh, nice way to wrap up the summer and uh, get ready for the for the fall college season.
0: Yeah, yeah, that next chapter in life is uh, is a lot of fun, and uh, you're I, I know the I, I know the pangs of uh, being so proud of them, but also you know gonna miss them too. So Katie's been on the show with us a couple times over the years, and hopefully she hopefully has- she'll be back with us like your boys were this year, which was a great segment. Yeah, so.
1: no, thank you.
0: All right, Chris. Thanks, my friend.
1: Thank you, Matt. We'll see you soon.
0: That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.